Alright guys, Merry Christmas to all of you. Today we have a very special episode on a topic that I wanted to address for a really long time, but I always put it off since it's kind of a one-off topic and it doesn't really relate to the general theme of this channel and this podcast. But since it's Christmas Day today, I thought I might as well break my own little rules and venture away from the general theme of this channel. So what are we going to be talking about? Well, we are going to talk about podcasting today, or more specifically, the biggest do's and don'ts of running a podcast. Now, if you're unclear as to why I want to do this episode, here are some reasons. First of all, even though my podcast and my YouTube channel is not the biggest out there, I'm actually very proud of the fact that a couple of years into starting my podcast, I'm still actually doing it. I saw countless podcasts being started and disappearing after a few episodes. And the fact that for a number of years now, I managed to stay relatively consistent with my podcast fills me with pride. And even if it doesn't make me a formal expert on podcasting, I feel like it at least gives me some sort of a license to at least open my mouth on the topic. Now, that's just some justification, but the actual reason behind me wanting to do this episode is this. I'm not just a podcast host myself, but I'm also an avid podcast listener. And while I've had some borderline cathartic experiences listening to certain podcasts and coming across some amazing lines of wisdom, I also get quite infuriated relatively frequently when some podcast is being hosted in a really incompetent and shitty manner. And since I can't reach through my headphones and punch some of these incompetent hosts in the face, which sometimes I'd really love to do, I decided to do an episode where I'm providing an overview on my thoughts on the matter. Now, before we get into the actual breakdown, I'd like to give some context as to what you will be hearing here. This episode is going to address podcasts that are at least semi-educational in nature, or at least that is the supposed intention of it. Now, many of the things addressed here will apply to podcasts that are done for entertainment as well, but not to the kind where the podcast is almost purposefully bad because they just want to provide some funny background noise for people while driving or something. This breakdown will also be mainly about podcasts that are done online, although again, many of the principles here will apply to podcasts recorded in live studios too. And the final disclaimer I'd like to make is that this episode slash video is semi-serious, semi-funny. I do mean the things that I'm going to be saying here, but fundamentally, I'm a really nice guy and I'm not judging anybody seriously on a personal level who may be making some of the, mind you, annoying mistakes addressed in this video. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the first thing I'd like to start with, and I hate to have to resort to this, but I'll have to use the P word, which is passion. Now, the lack of passion is often brought up almost as a cop-out or an excuse for people's incompetence or lack of effort. And I'm not saying that if you're not deeply passionate about podcasting, then you shouldn't do it. Because podcasting is one of those things where there are very few true disqualifiers. You can start a podcast and do well with it with a variety of intentions at heart. If generating clicks and eyeballs for your website or ultimately for some product that you want to sell is your sole purpose with your podcast and have zero passion for the art of podcasting and creating valuable content for your audience, I think you can still do fine. But there's one problem. If you're only podcasting for the tangible results, such as a lot of downloads, a huge audience, eventual sponsors, and things like that, then you should know that statistically speaking, for a long time, you're going to fail at accomplishing these things. There are literally dozens of podcasts being started each and every day, and 
Realistically speaking, most of us who have started our podcasts only relatively recently, say after 2014, have sort of missed the boat. Most of the platforms that are getting hundreds of thousands of downloads and are doing super well have started podcasting before podcasts became a really mainstream thing to do and before the technology to do podcasts have become really easily accessible to the very broad population. So in many ways, right now, we are at the top of the podcasting wave and are trying to rise to the top of the food chain in an ocean that's already turned red from millions of hungry sharks competing for the same prey. Now, there are, of course, exceptions to this, and there are podcasts that were started in recent years and still do well, but a good chunk of those have been started by people who've already had a massive following, which then they could leverage and turn into avid podcast listeners and downloaders. Now, that is the pessimistic and sad side of the picture. The slightly more positive twist on this, though, is that out of those dozens of podcasts that are being started each and every day, 80% of them will not be around a year from now. I've seen dozens of fitness-related podcasts, for example, being started, say, a year ago, which are now nowhere to be seen. Why? Because there wasn't any real enthusiasm, and I'm going to say it again, passion towards the process of pumping out really cool episodes for their audience. So if you're actually genuinely interested in becoming a podcaster and like the act of recording episode just for what it is, be it for the arts of interviewing people and asking questions from them that you genuinely want to learn their answers to, or maybe you just like hearing your own sexy voice recorded, whatever it is, you're going to have a huge competitive advantage against all the other hundred people that are going to start a podcast on the same day you do, but will quit after a few months. The second lesson I'd like to share with you on podcasting is to embrace sucking at podcasting in the beginning and expect to get better at it naturally over time. Now, you might have a natural talent for podcasting and might not suck in the beginning compared to some other people, but everybody will suck initially compared to how they will do things after one or two years. I initially thought that I was a pretty good podcaster naturally, but truth be told, looking back, I really wasn't. I just recently listened back a few of my early episodes and honestly, I needed to turn it off after a few minutes because I was absolutely atrocious with the amount of rambling and stuttering that I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you can definitely tell or one definitely can definitely tell when listening to you in an interview that, you know, your thoughts are just so like, you can tell that you've talked about this stuff for a long time and, you know, it's kind of well practiced and, you know, you know, you know your stuff, and, and and I guess that's what people need to see from a coach, uh, after all. And so I, I want to say, um, just before I jump into the big questions that I want to ask you... And by now, I think I have a few fairly decent interviews under my belt, but I still hope that in another year, I can look back at my episodes these days and can think to myself that I absolutely sucked, because that will mean that by then, I will have gotten even better at this. One thing I would highly recommend to you on this theme is to listen to podcasts from hosts whose style you really like and try to observe what they are doing. One time I actually sat down and took notes on the podcasts of some of my favorite hosts, one of them being uh, Jordan Harbinger, for example, from The Art of Charm. And one thing I quickly identified is that he frequently reflected on what his guests were saying as opposed to just racing further to the next question. I, on the other hand, felt very much tied to the set questions that I wrote down for myself prior to the interview and allowed very little deviation for myself from those. So even if my guests made some really powerful point, 
I would immediately race further to my next question without letting that powerful moment to really take hold and sink in for everybody that's listening to the podcast. And uh, this is still something that I'm learning and practicing, and I'm still getting better at this. But this is one example where I identified one of my weak points by listening to other podcasts attentively. This brings me to the next point, which is when you're interviewing someone, actually do your research on the guests you're going to talk to. Now, hopefully you have at least some base idea of who your guest is before you invite them to speak on your podcast in the first place. But if you're not familiar with the depth of their work and what the things are that make them unique, I would simply recommend listening to a few podcast episodes that they have done before you. There's honestly few worse things for me to see than when one of my favorite experts who have some amazing, really deep knowledge about certain topics and even a 100 hours of interviews would not be enough to pick their brains about these topics completely, go on a podcast and the podcast host just asks these super generic questions from them that any random fitness semi-expert could answer. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I have Mr. Bill Gates on the line and Bill is an expert on computers um, so we have a lot of cool topics to talk about but the first question to him would be what are the most important softwares to have on your computer like I like to have Microsoft Word and Microsoft PowerPoint and paint of course but what would you suggest that I should have on my computer that is the classic example of someone not doing any homework on their respective guest. So before you record the interview, just look through previous podcasts that have been done with these people. Even looking at the title can give you some useful hints. For example, to use a fitness example again, if I had no idea who Dr. Brett Contreras really was, but wanted to get him on the podcast for more downloads, I would search for prior interviews with Brett and would quickly find out that this guy is often being interviewed about glutes. So guess what? He probably has a lot to say about building really muscular butts. Now, ideally, you would dig much deeper into your guest bio than this, but at the very least, do this. This brings me to a side tangent and a seemingly meaningless point, but this drives me absolutely nuts, so I need to address it. If you're going to interview someone who has a unique name and you're not quite sure how to pronounce that name, actually learn how to pronounce it before you say his name on air. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Mr. Bill Hates, who is the founder of Microsoft. So, Bill, thank you so much for taking the time. I simply cannot comprehend the thought process that goes into looking at someone's name that you have no idea how to pronounce, just make an assumption, and then say it like that on air with full confidence. My colleague, Berge Fagerli, has been called many things on podcasts that were not his name, such as Borg Fagerly, Borch Fagerly, Berge Fagerelli, and it's like, come on, people. It's fine not to know how to pronounce someone's name who is from another country and has a bit of a unique name, but guess what? If you couldn't figure out the right way to say it prior to the podcast, simply ask your guest before you start recording how you should pronounce their names, or after you start recording, simply ask them on air to correct you on how to pronounce their name. All right, everybody. Uh, today, I'm really excited to welcome Mr. Bill. Uh, sorry, how do I pronounce your name, Bill? Gates. Gates. Okay, thank you. So, Mr. Bill Gates, who is the founder of Microsoft Corporation. And today, we have a lot of cool topics to talk about. Trust me, it takes about 10 seconds, and it makes it a lot less likely that you'll look like a complete jackass just 30 seconds into your episode. Okay, these were some of the softer points, and now that hopefully we are all warmed up, let's get into some of the more juicy ones, which were created after being an avid podcast listener for many years now. The next several points could be summarized under one chapter, which could be called 
Shut the hell up. So first point, interrupting. So yeah, uh, please uh, just tell us about how to train the biceps in the most effective way possible. Yeah, uh, great question. So the first thing I would like to say is that there are a lot of ways to train the biceps. I mean, I'm sure uh, many of your listeners will see people doing barbell curls. Some people will do incline uh, dumbbell curls. Some people will do cable curls. Or concentration and, uh, curls. Like I see a lot of people do concentration curls in my gym. It's, it's really common. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. I guess you can see what my tip would be here. Don't freaking interrupt your guests, or at least don't talk straight over your guests. It's simply an impolite and jerky thing to do. Ideally, our parents would have taught us these things at a young age, but I'm always shocked to see just how many podcasters lack the knowledge over these super basic social norms. Now, in the real life, interrupting the other person in a discussion or in an argument is a natural part of human interaction, and there is some place for this even in a podcast, but there is an okay and a complete asshole way of doing it. The okay way would look something like this. Yeah, so that's that's my general take on uh, training the biceps. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, individual variability will apply. You have to find ultimately what works for you. Um, uh, so, yeah, and, and I would say that... Uh, now, how long do you think it takes for someone to really find what works best for them? Okay, so in this clip, you could see that the person was sort of finished with what he had to say. He was kind of just searching for the words and was almost waiting for some sort of a feedback from the interviewer to confirm that their response was satisfactory. And as the interviewer sensed this, he chimed in and that is okay. But there is a very big difference between that and this. Yeah, John, a great question. And first of all, let me tell you a little anecdote just to illustrate the points that I will be making. So. I started training when I was seven years old and initially, of course, I started with muscle magazines. But I think and, a lot of people um, start with muscle magazines. Like when I was a teenager, I read a lot of magazines, like not just muscle magazines, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, anyway, what were you saying? This sort of rude behavior is so common amongst podcast hosts that I started thinking at one point that it's just me who has a problem with this. But I occasionally look through the comment section under videos where the podcast host is constantly interrupting the guest in a rude way. And these people are being called out and slammed by their listeners left and right. I even saw a video with Jordan Peterson. Yes, freaking Jordan Peterson himself, where he interviewed someone on his channel and he interrupted his guest a little bit too much. And the comment section was full of comments like, Dr. Peterson, we appreciate the interview, but please let your guest speak. So I think that if even Jordan Peterson is being politely asked to stop doing something by his own fans, I think regular mortals like us should stop with that behavior yesterday. So bottom line is don't interrupt your guests in the middle of their sentences and don't talk over them. And I guess this isn't just something that applies to podcasting, but it applies to life in general. So in short, don't be an impolite jerk. The next tip would be sort of related and it would be don't be the least interesting person in the room who talks all the time. So Mr. Elon Musk, uh, thank you for taking the time today and we will talk about your new project with SpaceX. But first of all, let me just tell you how I first came across your work. So I was actually traveling for a business trip and I was reading a magazine. Well, actually, let me backtrack for a second. Speaking of, speaking of traveling, I always loved traveling. Maybe this is something I picked up from my parents. Uh, my parents are actually uh, Italians, um, but I don't like pass up that much <laughs> prejudices, right? I never understood actually why people have these weird judgments and preconceptions about different cultures. I mean, we're all people living under the same sun, right? I mean, we are world, as Michael Jackson said. Radars, by the way, I always love his pop music and he had an amazing voice. He was turning him infantile when he became an adult. I liked Jackson 5 a lot better. But anyway, 
what was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah your work with SpaceX. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Now, have you been to an event? Maybe it was a social gathering, maybe it was a conference where a whole bunch of fascinatingly interesting people gathered and you would have loved to cling on every word of them, but there was one guy or girl in the room who had very little interesting stuff to say. The only person whose voice you could hear in the room was that person and you just wanted to hit them in the head with something after a while. I have sure as hell been to events like that. I'm pretty sure that at certain times I was that guy in the room. Probably a lot of this comes down to insecurity, ego. Some of it probably has to do with a lack of intelligence. But the point is, many times we have a hard time realizing that we are just not the ones who should speak the most in certain instances. Now, luckily, when you're hosting a podcast and you're bringing on a guest who has a DR before his name or is an elite practitioner or maybe a competitor in his respective field, this question is rather simple. You as the host or the least interesting person in the proverbial room? Always. When I'm hosting a podcast with a really interesting guest, my goal is to create a 90-10 split where 90% of the time the guest's voice is being heard. Basically, as a podcast host, I have two roles exclusively. One, to ask questions from him that will allow my audience to get a good insight into the deep knowledge that my guest has about that given topic. And two, to make brief commentaries and jime in on certain points to spark some potentially interesting discussion around those points, which then could further allow my guest to go deeper on certain concepts. Now, let me show you a couple of examples of how this law is being violated in podcasting all the time. So yeah, you know, uh, cutting too aggressively was perhaps my biggest mistake when I first tried getting lean. I see a lot of intermediate trainees make this mistake. And uh, the best way to get around this problem would be to simply... But to jump in on that, I also made that mistake when I was a younger trainee. I really wish I didn't. No, no, dude, don't just jump in. I don't care what you have to say. Okay, maybe I care a little bit, but primarily I'm here to hear what your guest expert, who has a lot more interesting stuff to say than you do, has to say. Now, beyond this just being annoying, it's actually flat out stupid to do this. If you're on air with someone like an Eric Helms, you're talking to, as cheesy as it sounds, a seven-figure consultant. A guy like him could charge you hundreds and hundreds of dollars for an hour that he spends with you giving out information and answering whatever questions you have for him. The fact that he is willing to come on air to talk to you for an hour is a precious gift and squandering this gift by interrupting him and making useless points is the stupidest thing you can do. What drives me crazy is when someone really knowledgeable like an Eric Helms is just about to make some really powerful point and then the podcast host talks into that to make some random observation or to finish the thought himself. And the worst thing about it all is that you're actually robbing your audience from really valuable knowledge because any minute that we are listening to your random points, we are not listening to something really thought-provoking that your guest could say. Now, I understand the temptation of trying to make your own voice be heard and to show your audience that you have the knowledge too and that you have the expertise. I really get it. But if the cost of making this happen is to actually ruin your episode and make your audience frustrated while listening to it, then trust me, shutting up and letting your guests speak is a far better option. 
And guess what? If you really want to show your knowledge to your audience, then just record solo episodes. Record a follow-up footnote episode on your interview. This is something I've done countless times. When I had the bulking debate on my channel with Mike Isratel and Eric Helms, I recorded a follow-up solo episode where I drew my conclusions and if you heard that episode, I'm fairly sure that you were glad that I let them speak during that debate and I wasn't all over the place trying to have my own voice be heard. Example number two, long anecdotes. So yeah, uh, that's how I got down to 8% body fat the first time. And yeah, now we can talk about some strategies that your listeners can pick up on. Yeah, I also screwed up when trying to get down to 8% body fat. Um, really wasted a lot of time, big lessons learned, but eventually I got there and... Yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence when I first saw my abs and I got some recognition from the opposite sex as well. That's how I actually met my wife and now we have a really satisfying and great marriage. We actually have two kids, uh, one of them just started going to high school and... Um... Dude, again, I don't care. Look, going on about long anecdotes is a good way to bond with someone, get a bit more personal with your guests, maybe even with your audience, but here is the thing. You have a limited amount of time for which you can pick the brain of your guest. If you're a Joe Rogan and have three hours, sure, go on about your anecdote because you have plenty of time to kill. But if you have an hour, which most podcast hosts have about that much time, any minute that we need to listen to how you were born under a palm tree on some four island is a minute we don't get to gain more knowledge from your guest. So again, please just shut up. Example number three, inserting constant jokes. Yeah, so you know, uh, during my first diet, I was in for some surprise about how hungry I would get. And uh, yeah, the little hunger demons hunt you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it was definitely a test for me to see what I could push through and, and what I could tolerate. And yeah, uh, it was like a test of character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, but eventually I proceeded with my diet and I reached my goal. Goal? But... Goal! Ronaldo scores! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, dude, first of all, you're not funny. But even if you were funny, you're breaking up the momentum of your guest. He is not able to get into the deeper stuff of what he wants to say because you constantly interrupt him with some silly joke you want to insert in there. And thirdly, making these random jokes while someone else is speaking can work in a real life setting and that's a natural part of the flow of an interaction but online where there is often a bit of a lag time due to connection your joke might only come through to the person you're talking to when he has already passed the point in his monologue on which you made your joke in the first place so often the only thing this accomplishes is that it makes the discussion less productive so again the lesson is just learn to shut up Okay, so that would be on the shutting up theme. And now the next thing I'd like to dissect is the concept of having a bias or an agenda. And here I would say there are two extremes to avoid. The first extreme is to be hyper influenceable and not sticking to any ground. So yeah, that's why I think that a high carb diet is ultimately going to be the most viable for most people to build the most muscle possible. Yeah, yeah, it's like, as you said, all the pro bodybuilders basically that have gotten really jacked, almost all of them eat really high carb diets. So, I mean, I, I guess it can be all by accident. So yeah, I would agree with you, yeah. So yeah, I think that ultimately a diet which enables people to tap into their own fat stores and to be a real fat burning machine is going to be the most viable in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as you said, I mean, we are obligate fat burners. I mean, we have 
tens of thousands of calories worth of fuel on our body in the form of body fat. So not making use of that and not teaching our bodies to tap into that fuel source, I think it's, it's just a foolish mistake to make. So yeah, yeah. You see, agreeing with your guests on everything is something that is very tempting when you're hosting a podcast, especially if you tend to be quite agreeable by personality. I know that this can be very infuriating when you're listening to a podcast regularly and the host will lean in a hundred different directions depending on who he's interviewing on a given week. But what you need to understand is that the psychology of agreeing or disagreeing with someone is very different as a podcast host than as a regular person who is talking to his best buddy. When you're interviewing someone, you're often talking to a person that you've been looking up to for a while, and now you feel humbled that the person took the time to come onto your podcast, and it just feels incongruent to all of a sudden start calling this person out left and right on his or her views, whatever they might be. So as a podcast host, I can sympathize with being rather agreeable. On the other hand, it's really important to over time learn to stand up for certain views that you have if they are well-founded. And simply to be firm enough to voice these views of yours if a guest, no matter how prestigious he or she might be, speaks against those views. If anything, this will offer a great listening experience to your audience because they will hear different views being contrasted and being challenged, which is often the best way to pick out certain nuances in one or the other argument, which previously might have slipped under their radar. And of course, if you're agreeing with everybody, that will pretty much inevitably do a lot of harm to your quote-unquote personal brand, since people have no idea what you truly stand for. And even if they do have an idea based on what you say when you're talking to the microphone on your own, your confidence in your own views will appear to be rather weak. Now, as important as it is to have some principles that you stand by and to be able to respectfully disagree with your guests that really oppose those views, there is another perhaps even worse extreme to avoid in my humble opinion. So here is the thing. It's fine to have an agenda and it's fine to have a podcast that is built around a certain bias or even a certain cult that you're a part of, like a certain style of dieting or a certain style of training. It's really okay. If you invite someone onto your podcast, especially an expert who has a view on diet and training that may counter yours, it's also fine to stick to your ground. But if it comes at the expense of ruining your podcast and the educational elements that it might have, then it's a really poor trade-off. It really pains me to see, or rather hear, when podcast hosts, as soon as they sense that their high-pedigree guest is saying something that counters their overall message, they start throwing around monologues about what they believe to be the right thing to do without allowing the guests to come back at the points they're making. Now again, disagreeing with your guests respectfully and initiating an interesting back and forth is completely okay. In fact, it is advisable. But monologuing in an attempt to prevent your guests from voicing a potentially countering viewpoint and then changing the subject quickly is just not fair game, neither towards your guest nor towards your audience. Okay, the next point is something that I'm addressing sort of blushingly, as I'm fully aware that I may get called out on this myself, but audio quality. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as you said, I mean, we are obligate fat burners. I mean, we have tens of thousands of calories worth of fuel. Now, I'm not saying that you have the best, absolute top-tier microphone to start a podcast. In fact, I think that if you want to start a podcast, the microphone that you should start with is the one you currently have. And... Invest into higher quality stuff as you go. 
but there is some quality threshold that you need to hit at least, i.e. you can't record episodes with a potato. I mean, at the very least, have a decent headphone with a microphone that you can speak into. Sometimes the audio quality that I hear on certain podcasts is, <laughs> seriously, I, I don't even understand how they manage to create that audio experience. So if you're going to use a potato to record a podcast, at least use a decently baked potato with some salt on it. Not the most ugly, rotten potato that's been sitting in the bottom of your fridge for three months. Okay, with all of that, we'll get into the final two things I'd like to touch on. The first thing is finally something that is there to serve you, the podcast host. And that would be learn to be a little bit more selfish as a host. And what I mean by that is, odds are you're not running your podcast to run a charity. Even if you don't have any kind of business model behind it all, probably you do want to benefit in some way from running your podcast. If anything, you want more people to find their ways to you so they can hear more stuff that you put out. So what this means is after every podcast you put out, there should be some sort of call to action. If anything, it should be a sentence like subscribe to my podcast or to my YouTube channel or X, Y or the places where you can find all the previous episodes, something like that. Or in the show notes or in the video description, if it's on YouTube, there should be a link to the places where people can find you. Honestly, and this is so sad that I have to point this out because otherwise it's a very lovely thing to see, but the easiest way in which I can spot someone who just started out with podcasting is by looking at an interview and if the show notes contain an essay about their guests all the resources of the guests are beautifully linked and nothing is linked about the podcast host, that is a very reliable indication that this podcast host is new to the game. It's really honorable to be that unselfish, but you have to remember why you're doing this. You're not running a charity, you're running a podcast. That said, I think it's great to be a minimalist with how much you're plugging your own resources. For example, if you can find a way around having six or seven minutes of ads before every episode, that's great. In fact, hint, most people are going to learn to skip ahead six or seven minutes with every episode they listen to anyway, but have some call to action and some way of letting your audience know where and how they can get more of you. And with that, we arrive to the final point on podcasting that I'd like to make. And this is an interesting discovery that I made over time, but I would say that this is really important to experience for yourself is learn the things that do worth the time and energy investment and the things that just don't. For instance, one thing I've learned over time that is not worth the extra energy is recording really long intros and outros for the podcast where I would give really detailed introductions for my guests. At the end, I would record a detailed part where I would give the conclusions and the most important takeaways from the podcast. And what I had to find over time that it was just simply not worthy to put in that additional time. For one, I knew from my own personal experience that I always skip the intros of every podcast that I listen to, and it was a safe assumption to make that other podcast listeners will do the same thing, and since I had zero negative feedback when I stopped giving unique intros and outros for my podcasts, I made the conclusion that it was just a needless way of investing a lot of additional time and energy. On the other hand, putting the timestamps under a podcast episode, I realized is a very helpful thing for my viewers and listeners that come into listening to something I put out. I used to be quite offended when I uploaded an episode and the only comment under it a day later would be timestamps, question mark. And to some extent, I think rightfully so, I thought, you entitled ungrateful motherfucker. 
I invest all this time to put out this free educational content for you, and this is the response. And yeah, I was right to some extent, but on the other hand, I wasn't, because I realized that I'm also looking for the timestamps right away when I'm tuning into a podcast, especially on YouTube. Even when I intend to listen to the whole thing anyway, I do want to have those timestamps in there. Now, there are some individuals who, when they put out some episode, I will just download the whole thing without thinking. But in general, it helps a lot to see the topics I can expect to be discussed. Just like it's helpful to have the table of contents to skim through when you start out with a new book. So adding in the timestamps when you finished editing a podcast episode may take an additional 5 to 10 minutes, but it will make it a lot more likely that more people will tune into listening to your episode. In fact, take this as a Christmas present from me that in the upcoming time period, I will be updating all my interviews where I don't have the timestamps yet. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay, so this was the episode for today. Again, a bit of a strange one-off episode, but hey... I wanted something more fun for Christmas, so I hope this was enjoyable for all of you. And with that, uh, see you next time. Oh, and just to practice what I preach, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening to this on iTunes or on Spotify, on which platforms you can find the podcast if you search for The Sustainable Self-Development Podcast, please leave a positive rating to support this show. And yeah, that was all I had to say. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time.